0: Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Hello. Hello.
1: Janet! Hello! Hey! Everyone's here, huh?
0: Yay, this is episode 35, and it's going to be our season two finale. We are taking a summer break, (laughs) which I'm really excited about because I'm already taking a break from almost everything else ever. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I think we, I think mostly we just wanted to kind of talk about, uh, I think. The way that we came to the season two end as a three as a three person conversation. Just almost said three way and that just felt <laughs> like not the right phrase. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, it would have been fine though. I would have just nodded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then I made an awkward pause while I thought about it and didn't say anything. But um <laughs> Um I like the way that we came to the conclusion that we were going to take uh, a break, and it also led to kind of an agreement that maybe talking about how we allow for kind of an organic or even like an animistic flow for things um, is sometimes counterintuitive to how we're culturally programmed. Um, mm-hmm. that's sort of what we talked about. So, so I'm I um, I am on a mass. Social media hiatus that I'm having trouble coming back from. <laughs> I took a, I took an 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 open ended break, deleted everything, um, even deactivated Facebook. I haven't looked at any of it, and it'll be two weeks on Friday. And I think I'm gonna stay off for quite a bit, um, and realize that sometimes those pauses, even if we don't create toxic spaces, um, we still sometimes benefit from from rest from them. And, and sort of like this, you know, this ongoing conversation here, um, I guess you two can speak for yourselves, but I definitely felt like it, I felt like we were reaching a point where it just would be a natural pausing place.
2: Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm, I'm glad that we can, I'm glad that we can come to that conclusion for the health of all involved, including the podcast itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't, I think maybe a million years ago, Brandy, you and I may have talked about this, but I don't really. And even then, it would have been like something I wrote on Live Journal a million years ago. I don't think I've ever said this officially out loud, but I have always felt like I have a deep, keen awareness of my right timing, but I will derail on behalf of somebody else every fucking time. Maybe maybe not every time, but, but I would say half the time, half the time I can know something in my bones and I'm talking stuff. That's like vitally, emotionally important for me. And, and I will know You know, I don't know why this is wrong timing. I don't know what the order of events is that has to come into play for me to feel active on this. It will be appropriate at some point, but it is not now. And I will do it anyway, whether it's sheer peer pressure or I adore somebody and I want them to have the shot in this moment or, you know, but I have watched this time and again. And that's been kind of a latent objective over the last, especially couple of years that I've dealt with massive health issues that I am not doing that shit no more.
1: Yeah. Not doing it. Good for you, Kelly. Mm. I I operate sometimes under the shoulds. I should be doing this and putting myself last. And I'm so thankful that I'm not doing it this time. And It is the conversation that we had and the support of you two that we've had that you've given me, you know, in different places. But I've just recently moved, and I'm sitting here looking at, like, tons of boxes. And it's like, okay, this needs to be done, and I need to settle. I'm still a little bit up in the air. And the other thing that I've noticed is that with this move, it's bringing up ancestral stuff for me, which needs to be dealt with. So taking a hiatus, this is perfect timing for me.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think, I think one of my strong suits is the ability to say no to things Um, when I'm really clear and like I don't want to or it doesn't serve something for me or I'm just really clear on a boundary. But I tend to be someone, I had a really interesting conversation about this recently around the idea that I can. And I think that I function, I don't know, like I can do a lot of shit. I can multitask And not really multitask, but I can have a lot of irons in the fire. I can have a lot of things that I'm passionate about. And I, I divvy up my energy between them really thoughtfully. And I can function with a lot of things in my life and a lot of responsibilities. And so I do without an awareness that like, just like, I don't reach a, I don't reach a crisis point. So I don't identify the worth of rest all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't identify myself as busy. Like, I'm not very busy these days. I, you know, my client load is very manageable. I'm taking a break from social media, which feels like it opened up a world of time. Um, taking a break from going to city council meetings. Um, there's, a, you know, my, my kid goes to school during the summer. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I haven't been launched into what's often like a really hectic child time during summer. I'm not overloaded in the way that people get overloaded, but I think I don't always identify the difference between I can do all these things versus um, I can also benefit from rest and just like a pause. I, I always wait to read, you know, I, I'm always waiting to see if I'll reach a crisis point, but I'm I'm good enough at self-care to not be in crisis generally. <laughs> So I don't always recognize the worst.
2: I can say without hesitation that I would not have created that boundary and that discernment without getting really, really, really sick a couple of years ago. And y'all both know. I mean, y'all were both there when when I was diagnosed and when things were going really off the rails. And I just had to push it down. I had to stop doing heart song projects that that I had wanted to do like most of my adulthood. And I really don't think I would have done that if I didn't have a health crisis. But I I feel like that for me is distinct from timing. Like my, my awareness of timing is something that like, I feel it right now talking about it. And yet, I will step beside it to like make room for somebody else's time like that that's hard stuff
0: it is really hard stuff i think i think i think of that as like that point of optimum resonance where like and and i don't know that i struggle in the exact same way with it but it it definitely isn't something that's honored in sure. in the way we live in in the way that we look at things and it's and I don't I, I think for me, like, I you know, I've had some health stuff this year, not nearly at the same level or anything, but I've had some changes. But I think the biggest change for me around my pace and how I looked at the things that filled my life and everything, I think that happened when I went into private practice and stopped working for someone else. I mean, I that I think you always work for someone else to some degree, but but being my own boss and having my life slow down in a way that felt really terrifying at first. I think that addressed some of that, like ingrained pressure to adhere to someone else's time, to, to adhere to other people's timing. I don't always do the best job of listening to my timing or sometimes I let things get in the way of my timing. Um, but I, I, I don't live according to as many other people, as many other external schedules as I used to. And that that really changed things for me ahead of this year. It sort of prepared me for this year, I think.
1: I've come across some body awareness this year that is just showing me that I can't do things like I used to be able to do them. And Mm -hmm. I resent it, I regret it, um, but I'm also learning to honor it And that's what I want to use this time, this hiatus for, is to learn to honor what what body, what she is asking for, and also to make choices. So, for instance, if my choice is to live, you know, five boxes over my head that I can't do anymore and hurt myself or take my dog Max for a walk, well, I'm going to make that choice to take my dog Max for a walk. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, ladies, I'm really excited about this. This, I think, I can honestly say is... One of the first times, if not the first time that I've put my body's needs ahead of what I think I should be doing.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's
0: huge. Yeah. And I think I think there's a lot of worth in. Like sort of accepting that, yeah, it hasn't happened up until now, but maybe in some ways, like there were other things that needed more attention or or we just took as long as we took to get to where we're at now. I have, I have to always kind of like, you know, this year has been a lot of realizations, a lot of big shifts in, in identity and priority and, and just a lot of, a lot of things in my life. And that comes with this potential for like beating myself up about like, why am I 38? And just figuring out this or this or, or this other thing that now that I figured it out, it's obvious, but why did it take almost four decades to become <laughs> obvious or, and it's like, it just didn't other things needed to become obvious first. Other things needed me more than this, you know, the thing I'm holding more carefully now. I think it's important to have that, give yourself that grace.
1: Right. hmm
2: what about that do you think makes it animistic rather than just fulfilling a personal need at the moment or or just a change that was needed at a personal level? What do you think makes that an animistic way of living?
0: I think for me, there's a realization that my relationships can be fine and still need examining. And for in this case, that has to do with the things that take up my time not necessarily people though some of it has been people but it's also been a realization that I I was handling everything on my plate fine there isn't there's no sigh of relief uh that like there was something that was weighing me down so heavily I wasn't functioning but there is a realization that in wiping the slate clean and slowing down to a stop, I can be more intentional about where things are sitting on my desk, you know, that, that like desk of time management or what, what gets what energy. And for me, that's a very, it's a conversation. Like I'm, it feels conversational in an animistic way of, you know, I, I feel yep. like I'm engage, engaging a lot in like sacred work around what wants to be here and to what degree in my life right now. And doing that animistically is very counterintuitive to how every, like, self-help person or, or like, productivity coach or, like, I, I mean, any, anyone really would direct me to do that. It's happening much more organically right now in my life than it ever has.
1: I totally agree with the conversation part. It's like um, in having conversations with my body, it's not that I'm just talking to her. It's I'm listening to what she has to say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, well, not very often, but every once in a while it's in words. But mostly it's in feelings, whether that's physical or emotional feelings. And especially with the, well, I was going to say especially with the emotional part, but I think it's about equally true with the physical part too. It's listening to that and then processing it as I need to. So maybe that's where more of the conversation comes in for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I do think that there is a component of animism that we don't talk about enough, and that is um, me, like I. we. It seems like in animistic conversations, and granted, there are not a lot of those conversations, but so much of it is learning the reciprocity that we suck at you know at least in western culture we're really bad at asking what guides need asking what allies need asking what lovers and partners need and so there's a lot of emphasis in all of the animistic discussion that i've kind of moved through that is centered around learning to have that reciprocity but I also think that there's a real concern about figuring out how you situate into it. Like, there's, there's a concept around anything you ask for that's toxic behavior, because at, a, at an animistic level, we have culturally cut out nature so much that we kind of have to court it back. And yet, that's also one-sided. And, and we have to be able to hold the balance of figuring out what our needs are and being willing to stand on them and voice them. And I feel like that's, that's a component of animism also. It isn't separate. It, you know, Asking for your needs to be met is not outside any network of animism. It's still part of a community.
1: Yeah. And it's so contrary to what we're taught.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, you know, and I think we've we've talked a lot about anim- the animistic relationship with the things around us and our resources, our guides, our ancestors, you know, all, the, all of those things, but we're also carrying all these parts of us too, and that's also a conversation, and I feel like right now that conversation is pretty internal um, because I, you know, it's like when I'm making a decision, you know, I can do this thing. I've been doing this thing for a while. What parts of me are in agreement with that are all of the parts. Is it a majority opinion? You know, is my body in agreement is right. the part of me that manages my time and energy is the, you know, the, you know, from like, from like a, a therapist standpoint, I like internal family systems, which is is working with all of the different parts of you. And in, you know, shamanic work, we talk about soul parts it's all these different versions of you that you're carrying around and they're all carrying, you know, we're carrying them around and they still have agency. They still have opinions. They still have needs. And we're constantly building new versions of ourselves that remain more and more that, that continue to be more and more responsible for all of those pieces of us. And I think the conversation just gets more complex. And now when I'm thinking about when we were talking about like the things we're realizing about, Prioritizing our physical needs or having a better understanding of what we need to put down or pick up or the timing of all of those things. Like maybe we didn't have all the versions of us we needed to be in agreement. And so I think my animistic relationship right now, even though it, there is still a lot of external or more traditional nature based, like it's a gorgeous time of year. I'm like very in tune with. I'm parked at a park right now (laughs) and like I'm loving the outdoors in that way that I do this time of year before it gets too hot but I think a lot of my intentional relationship is with all of those animistic bits I'm carrying around and what they need and where some of them are speaking up a bit more loudly than they were some of them are content and they were they were asking a lot and now they're content and they're They're able to allow me to put things down or take a rest with things so that I can look at other
1: aspects of myself and what I need. Brandy, I wonder if the inverse is true also. You were saying that, you know, as you grow in connection with the animistic parts, you become more responsible. But I also wonder if they become more responsible towards us with that growth. So it's a two-way street. Mm. Well, and
0: more capable of holding us since the more versions of us that we make, the less the less of us, each part has to hold, I guess, too, is worth thinking about.
2: I think that it's easy to make those determinations when we can say this thing is clearly, you know, uh, um, soul stealing, you know, it's taking away from my power. But there, sometimes there are things that are really beautiful and precious that we still for now, need to put down, and and I think those those are the harder ones. You know, those those are the ones that we're like, I love this, and or you know, I, I enjoy this. I do get something out of this. I give something when I do this, and yet there's something about the timing that's saying, no, this is one of the things that needs to go. And I and I talk with a lot of people ongoing for whom that kind of decision-making feels like they're choosing between calling or passion, you know, or a dream or or something along those lines. And and I think that we can't hold it that tightly. Like timing is part of that equation also. We can't hold any of it that tightly and say that we're true to, to any or all of it.
0: Yeah and so I think in some ways we're evolving into a place of holding the things we want to hold and grabbing them too soon. Like I just had this vision of like <laughs> you're like you're evolving in the way that we've kind of evolved up out of the ocean uh into like these walking talking people we are now and it's like I don't know if we were still like water creatures and we wanted to have a pet bird and we didn't want to wait to evolve to a point of like living on land and being able to be a proper caretaker for a bird. (laughs) And we just like jumped out of the water, yanked a bird down and just drowned it because we weren't like, we weren't, we weren't the right version of us to have that to, or to do it or, and I think it's cyclical too. It's not all about building to a point, but also some part of us or some part of our path or someone around us may need more, may need the pocket of us, that was best serving that thing. So sometimes we already have it and we have to like find a new home for it or we have to put, you know, give it a rest while something else needs more attention. I think we don't allow that cycle to be okay as much as we could. Right.
1: When I allow that cycle to be okay, I notice that um, I sleep better, I feel better, I have more energy but it's not an easy or a natural thing for me to do it's like i have to consciously let it be okay
2: there's an ego component that is not part of our cultural conversation i think it's beginning to be but but there's an ego component to but this is who i am this is my work this is what i do here and you know again anything that we hold on to with with that much veracity is not healthy even though it seems deeply spiritual and and wonderful
0: right and that view demands a very static view of ourselves and our path and who we are and what's ours it it implies this level of ownership that we put on so many things that we don't really own like we don't even the things we do, we're not the only people doing them. We're not, the, we're not the, the period on the sentence of like how to do it, who's doing it. And we're not throughout the entire course of our lives going to be the only people capable of doing it. I think there's also this idea like if I put this down, no one else will pick it up or nobody will fill that need if I'm not doing it. And, when, and when, that comes, when you look at that in terms of interpersonal relationships, that's where codependency comes from. It's not a healthy way to look at relationships, that you're the only person who can provide someone with a specific thing. Like, we're only really responsible for ourselves and who we are in each of our relationships.
2: and there
1: you have it. Yeah. Yep.
0: So what's everyone, um, there was something I was going to say in there too, when you were talking Kelly about the things that are precious. Oh, sometimes I think too, the things we want to be doing are attractive in a way that isn't precious. It's just like, it's an easy thing. It's a time, you know, like, um, Social media can be that it's like, I enjoy it and I see some worth in it, but I also see how much time it was taking. And that's worth looking at. Sometimes we see things as precious that, and as sacred and precious and so important to us in a way that can be distorted. if like the thing that actually is precious to us is kind of crammed in a closet Mm -hmm. to make room for the thing that's like, you know, mindless, but easy and fills a lot of space that feels satisfying because we're not allowing something that could be more satisfying. I think there's
1: that too. Yeah. Yeah. I have to honestly admit, I'm going to listen to this episode again and I'm gonna take notes on it because there's so much (laughs) wisdom flowing from here.
0: Yeah, I love how we're like wrapping up the season and we're like saying all the good shit like leaving we'll leave you all on this very positive note it's the very last of the wise things we have to say on the podcast (laughs) until further fucking notice (laughs) so what's everyone going to do with the time the space we're making by uh putting this gently down for a bit what's everyone doing with their summer I mean, yeah. that doesn't have to be like profound. I mean, like, is anyone reading a good book? <laughs> is anybody taking an amazing trip or a not amazing trip?
2: I have a stack of books, honestly, a new stack, not not the other stack that, you know, has been <laughs> stacked for a while, but I have a stack of books and I honestly don't have huge plans. You know, we have some light travel plans, but I'm really thrilled to to not have anything enormous on my plate right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I
0: I don't have. I know, and I know Janet's like unpacking, and I also have a new stack of books because the you know the ones that have been stacked for ages, like that's not the one you want to reach for when you finally have time to read, of course. So I bought all new stacks. Um, But I'm reading. I'm rereading the Kate Daniels series by Ilona Andrews, which I had forgotten how much I loved. Um, it's like paranormal, urban paranormal stuff. Um, and I'm reading Lori Gottlieb, Gottlieb. Um, maybe you should talk to someone, which is sort of like a memoir type book about a therapist. Um, some of her like de-identified client stories as they tie into like her journey through therapy herself and it's funny and sweary and, um, like a light read. Well, it's a light read for, I don't know if it's a light read for other people, but it's a light read for me. Sweary is good.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: I'm also eagerly awaiting um, World of Warcraft Classic
2: in August. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's a thing that can happen. Yeah. Oh, and the oh. Harry Potter game. We've been playing the crap out of that as a family. Yes. i can't get it
1: oh i know i'm bummed Mm. is is
0: there just not a lot to do in your area janet or you can't
1: get the app to work i can't get the app to work and i think it's because of the connection here
2: oh they just did an update like in the last day so maybe it's worth
1: i'll play with it
2: I,
0: I really like it. I, I actually, I tend to only keep like a couple games in my main like home screen on my phone. Mm-hmm. I've allowed it to be three right now since I've deleted all my social media. Um, but right now, yeah, the Harry Potter game, <clears throat> the Walking Dead game, and Hearthstone are my happy places. All day. Not all day. I'm also reading. I've, re- I've read more in the past two weeks than... I
1: read in the prior year, I think, or at least six months. I'm excited about learning more about cooking, learning more how to um, combine foods together, and especially using the herbs. Mm. I love the herbs, they just make me happy.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: I love the herbs. I'm trying to keep mine alive right now. That's frustrating.
0: Yeah my spouse is very into making the spice custom spice mixes and whatnot um but as you both know i don't cook so i'll just come over and eat your experiments janet
1: i'll go for it yeah i think Mm -hmm. you all need to come over
0: here definitely
2: be exciting yeah
0: i am also doing camp nanowrimo which is this month which started yesterday for anyone who's listening early in july July is the second round of Camp NanoRimo. it's 30 days just like November except you get to set your own goal you can edit things um, and track minutes you can track pages of editing um, you can do a new work work on an existing work you can finish something it's got like a ton a ton more flexibility um, and it's a lot of fun so I'm doing that this month too
1: doing some writing i moved to an apartment which I have not lived in an apartment uh, for decades. And so, one of the things that I invested in is this blue cart, you know, to go from the parking lot to carry groceries back and forth so I don't have to tow them myself. And I got to say, it's like really slick. And when I unpackaged it the other day, Kelly and Brandy, the thing that went through my mind was that I wish you two were here because it's big enough that we could push each other around in it. <laughs> I'll send you a picture of it. It's just—it's really slick. It's like this morning I went to the grocery store, and it's like, let's fit in the kitty litter, and now this can fit in, and now this can fit. In. Oh no, there's room to take stuff from my car that I haven't brought into the apartment yet. It's so.
0: I would ride around in a blue cart with you, Janet. Uh, it would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, any, any wise words, other than the um, ecstatically wise things we have already said in this amazing episode. Does anyone have any thoughts on how people can go into a break themselves, or a period of rest, or a place of just taking stock in where they're at with cycle, or timing, all of that?
2: I I really think that a decent amount of mindfulness is where it's at and, you know, whatever you can do to get that stillness so that you know what you really need. Yeah.
0: That's also, I mean, mindfulness always grounding is huge. And I think for me, the recent lesson on this, the thing that I uh, needed some more mastery in was to remember to just take a moment and kind of clean out the drawers, like empty everything out and then really look at what was in them and be intentional about what goes back in. Yeah. Even if everything, even if everything goes back on your plate, right. Dusting it off and thinking about where it goes and, and what it's for. And it matters. Even if you're not in a place where you're forced into assessing it because everything's fallen apart, things don't have to fall apart for you to take a, thoughtful assessment of things and I would say that if you
1: air quotes think it's just your imagination uh, to go with that and see what your imagination has for you see Mm. what's there that you need to or that would be beneficial for you to listen to yes
2: it's
0: true yeah and thank you for listening to us I really appreciated everyone who's listened It's been really fun talking sort of in front of you all. Absolutely. Yep. So we will see you when we see you.
2: Take care, everybody.
1: Take good care, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.